Welcome to QSR Nation, your weekly dose of food service marketing tips and business strategies for success. Here's your hosts, Josh Anderson, Beth Oots, and Anthony Pierce from the PFS Brands National Headquarters. Hey everybody, welcome back to QSR Nation. As always, we have Josh, Beth, and Tony from the PFS Brands National Headquarters in Holt Summit, Missouri to talk about food service marketing and business strategies for success. I have that memorized now. That's awesome. Um, today, we're really excited to welcome Jeremy Galloway. He's the Quality and Product Development Manager here at PFS Brands. And last week, we just really announced that our Blue Taco program's coming out in 2018, and Jeremy's one of the, one of the main cogs behind that. Um, so, Jeremy, welcome, of course. Thank you. Appreciate and, uh, it. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to PFS Brands? Uh, yeah. So, I've uh, I've really been in food service since I was 16. My first official job was working in fast food at A&W Restaurant. Kind of did that all through high school. Um, I, I went to school for hospitality and restaurant. Um, I've been in uh, front of the house and back of the house, worked in country clubs. So, I've kind of grown up in the uh, food service side of things. Um I've been here for a little over 10 years now, so wow, just all, all, all different roles. I've kind of touched a lot of different things, started out in the field, so I can appreciate what our, uh, what our business advisors are doing now. Um, that's, that's what I started out doing and then kind of came in internally uh, as we continued to grow. You know, Sean said that, uh, you know, he's been doing this since 1998. You know, I was 10 years behind that, 2007, but uh, nine years, I guess. But uh, um you know, I can appreciate what our business advisors are doing out there as we continue to grow. We needed somebody to uh, kind of take the reins on, uh, on on our internal product um, and communicating with those with those manufacturers and suppliers of our product. So, gotcha. So, what what what's your role here now that you're specifically here? You kind of went on that, but yeah, yeah. So, um, I really uh, wear the hat of everything from when we have an idea on a product, uh, the development of that product all the way through the production um, to then ensuring that the quality of that product um, and, and for us multiple lines of products uh, meets our, our internal specifications. So everything from that development all the way through um, through perpetuity on, uh, on ensuring that what we get is what we expect. So um, that goes through um, the initial product development either doing, you know, working in my test kitchen, uh, developing those. Um, and working with our manufacturing partners uh, to, to get the right product um, all the way through um, testing the product as it comes in um, and, and kind of ongoing, uh, ongoing there. So, Well, you know, you mentioned, you know, the continuing testing of products and, you know, with the number of locations we have and the continuing growth that our company continues to see, I mean, obviously the consistency of what is being turned out to those, you know, retailers and franchisees are very, very important. But I mean, how, how do you guys maintain that control of the consistency with the volume that gets pushed through? I mean, there's got to be a lot of variable situations that come up. Yeah. So, you know, consistency is our, is our number one thing that we try to hit on. Obviously we want to put out the best product, but if it's, if it's good one time and not good another, it doesn't do anybody any good. Us, our retailers or, and it, and it leaves a bad taste in the mouth, you know, no pun intended for, for our, <laughs> for our uh, consumers as well. So consistency is first and foremost. Um, a lot of people don't realize that um, in, in the food industry and food manufacturing world, um, it seems simple. But when you're dealing with agricultural products, 
um, there's there's a lot of variation that can happen. Um, and then you throw in multiple steps to get it through not only the manufacturing, but distribution uh, at retail level, cooking the product. Um, there can be a lot of variation in product. So um, it, it's our job to really come up with, you know, what is that acceptable amount of variation? You know, we, we consider those limits is kind of what we call them. So what is acceptable? What is going to be acceptable at any given point? And then our job is to make sure that all of that product always falls within those acceptable limits. So, um, you know, we, we kind of go multiple steps and a lot of what we do on the quality side is really before the product is ever produced. Um, we have to make sure that one, the, the product that we're going for actually fits in what we're trying to do and what our capabilities are. Uh, but then we are also um, finding the right manufacturing partners to uh, produce that product under those same capabilities. So we want to make sure that we're partnering with the right person and not stepping them too far outside of their box just because we want something. Um, so it's, it's done before that product ever is even produced. So we'll go through multiple steps. So we'll discuss capabilities with that manufacturer. Um, we'll actually communicate uh, our specification because we know what we're looking for. We'll communicate that specification to that manufacturer. And then we'll go through multiple rounds of samples with that supplier. Um, once we kind of get past to, okay, we think this is a good R&D product, um, then we make sure that all, all of the other things are correct. So make sure pricing and volume, make sure we all agree upon that. Um, and then we go through the supplier approval process. And, and this is an important part of the process, not only for, for us to ensure the consistency, but you know, in, in this day and age, uh, regulatory has become pretty front and foremost with, uh, with FDA regulations, uh, Food Safety Modernization Act. We, we really um, have to focus in on those things. So we go through a supplier approval process and, and there's a lot there on the, on the purchasing side, but on the quality side, um, it's it's multiple levels of documentation. So general supplier questionnaire, letter of guarantee, um, HACCP and food safety and quality systems from our supplier, um, certificates of insurance, product recall process, animal welfare, allergen program, general code of conduct. That's that's just part that's of crazy. them. It's it's amazing. But what that does is it gives us a level of comfort that, okay, this supplier can live up to what we want, um, not only on the on the quality, but really on the safety side as well. So, well, and that's so important, especially these day and age, when, you know, we have so much access to, you know, to find out so much on the internet, you know, to know that there's, you know, companies are taking all the precautions necessary, not just to put out a consistently quality product, but a consistently safe product, and that there are processes and checks and balances and everything is being adhered to, so you know that you've got, you know, as a consumer, when you walk in, you don't even have to think about that stuff. You just know, I can trust this. You know, it's going to taste good. I'm going to enjoy it. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a great experience. Yeah, for, for a long time, you know, the food industry has kind of been the wild, wild west. Um, and when you get to the size of us, but, but really it, it starts much, much smaller sized companies. Um, the consumers want that level of confidence that what they're eating is going to be safe to consume. So um, there have been a lot of regulations put in place, um, but, but frankly, um, while they can be kind of burdensome on the paperwork side, uh, the reality is most of them are there to ensure that that what is being put into the marketplace is a safe safe product. So for sure. What's the what's like a time frame for this entire process? <laughs> so it, it really depends. You know, as Sean mentioned last week, um, with the rollout of the Blue Taco program, I was part of the committee 
uh, it really, you know, that, that whole process was about 12 months. We actually kind of started bantering at about really 12 months even before that. Um, but if it's just a, a normal product um, that fits within our current structure of what we're trying to do, whether it be, you know, with the Champs Chicken program, um, we're really looking at trending and ideas. We like to be 18 to 24 months out. Um, so we're wow. trying to look at upcoming trends, what we think um, not only our retailers uh, want and are capable of doing, but also what our consumers want. So it really starts with that with that trending data. Um, and, and we're on about a, a one, really a one to two year schedule um, once we really start getting into the weeds of testing products. Um, you're, you're still at least looking 12 months before release. Yeah, trying so. to read some really distant trends. In. Yeah. You're not always going to be right, yeah. but, but the hope is you can pick up on it early enough and, and you'll, you'll hit some. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I mean, with that type of time commitment, everything as well, I mean, do you, I mean, I know that we've tested a lot of things that we, that have never come to fruition, um, you know, in the demo kitchen and stuff. And sometimes there's things that, you know, you get down that pathways and you decide that maybe it's, I mean, when do you guys look at this and say, hey, you know what, maybe this isn't the right fit for profitability reasons for the retailers, or maybe it's just the data, the trending data has shifted and you get a little bit more insight to what the consumer's looking for, so you ban it. I mean, do you guys have like a timetable when you kind of make a decision that, okay, this is going to be what we're going to move forward with? Or? Uh, you know, it's the, the timetable is fluid. Um, you know, I tell people most of what I do is a failure. You know, we've been through 70 plus variations of our macaroni and cheese. That hasn't hit the market. It's just what we've done internally to try to get to the best product that we have. So, you know, if we're at, you know, call it version 70, the other 69 have failed. So most of what I do is a failure and, and you're hoping that you can, you can get that product to, to that point where, um, where you have buy-in with, with everybody and, and it really starts internally. We have a new product committee um, that not only is there to suggest, but also determine next steps uh, with products. Um, they're the, the, what I would call the main line of approval that we have. Um, you know, once it passes me and my team, um, then we, we present it to our group. And, and, you know, and our group is made of both internal folks and, uh, and some of our sales staff. So um, they're really in tune with what our retailers and consumers want as well. So it's got to pass all that. And then hopefully we're still on trend, um, you know, with, with what we had, we had shot for. But, but the reality is most of what we do is fail. So the, the hope is that, um, you know, when you're looking 18 to 24 months out, you've given yourself enough time to, to still go at that and launch that within that time frame. Yeah. Awesome. So what are some of the steps that you have taken just to ensure the consistency of our brand and every product that we do offer out there? Yeah. So, you know, we kind of talked about a lot of the things that we do up front, you know, before that product is, is really ever produced. You know, once that product is approved, produced, we have it into normal distribution, um, we have specific steps that we go through for every product. And so once a product starts to being produced, um, we actually set it up in our auditing system. Uh, with that auditing system, we actually evaluate each product with each supplier. Um, a lot of people don't know, we actually have multiple suppliers on, on most of our, uh, I, I will say, all of our key items. Um, so. You know, it's, it's, backup, yeah, yeah we, we always need a backup, um, but then also just to kind of help spread that out uh, for contingency plans, things like that. So um, we give each product by supplier a score, and we actually score that based off of four criteria. We look at brand risk, so really how important 
is it to our brand that this product um, be right? Can we go without this product for a short period of time? Things like chicken tenders are much higher on that list than some of the other items which might uh, might not be as critical um, to, to the program as a whole. Uh, so we look at brand risk. We look at, <clears throat> excuse me, overall food safety risk. Um, so we kind of evaluate not only the product but our suppliers' processes. Uh, we look at variance potential, and really what that means is how hard is that product to produce? We have specifications where um, our limits have to be met. If that's a tough product to produce, we have a higher variance potential, and so we need to keep an eye on it a little more. Um, and then the last one we actually look at is history of the product. So product nonconformance history. Um, how have we done in the past with this? So we actually score each of those, and that gives us an overall score that we kind of determine as an audit multiplier. So that score will determine what percentage of every load of product that we come in, we're actually gonna pull a sample off of. And from that sample, we actually start gathering data. Um, really the process um, is multifaceted. The goal is to gather trending data on the product. You know, I talked about how there's multiple variations that can happen in any product. So we wanna ensure that, all right, well, when you look at a product one time, that just gives you a snapshot, but when you look at trending data and you've, you've audited this product multiple times over six months, do we start to see a trend and we can get out in front of it if we need to correct something with the supplier? Um, and then the other part is to hopefully, we, if there is an issue, yeah. uh, we can catch it before it ever leaves our door. So it never hits the field, it never hits our market, then and that's something we have to deal with. And, and really it's to give us just overall better visibility on our product, make everybody, both internally, our retailers and our consumers, uh, more comfortable that we're doing everything we can to give them that consistent product. So, um, and those audits, they, come, <clears throat> they cover everything from food safety, uh, to the quality, you know, it, are our products meeting the specifications? Uh, to things like net and gross weight on cases. We want to ensure that what we're telling our retailers they're purchasing, they're actually getting. Um, and then um, during that auditing process, <clears throat> excuse me, we not only cover, um, you know, does this product meet specification, but we actually go through the cooking process. What our retailers are going to do so that we can take it through that entire process and make sure that um, we're delivering the product that we say that we're going to deliver. So um, the the last piece of that you know product after it's <clears throat> been produced and in production, uh, we also require on every lot what's called C of A's or Certificate of Analysis. And so each item we identify what information we want from the supplier that they've taken actually in line, so per lot, uh, so that we can get a picture of that product before it ever comes to our door. And so that can be things like um, what, what was the average weight on that, uh, that production of chicken tenders? Or, okay, well, some things that have a food safety criteria for pH on sauces, we want to know that they're testing and what did that pH, you know, come in at before it ever hits our door. And that way we can kind of gauge what kind of product we're going to be getting before we ever even have to audit it. Well, so, you know, awesome. we talk a lot on uh, our podcast here about consistency and, you know, to, to know that, um, you know, consistency is key in, in running and executing your business plan on a daily basis. But... I mean, you guys are making sure that that's taken care of on the consistency side of the products that they're getting. Sounds like from, I mean, like you said, where you, if there was an issue, hope we catch it even before it even uh, heads out to ever hit a retailer um, establishment. You know, the big thing I think that, you know, takeaway here is the fact that, you know, as Blue Taco launches in 2018, all of this deep, in-depth analyzation and, 
you know, the trend for the market data so the retailers should feel confident in, in the product, but also the consistency, the, the trial and error, the, you know, all the different recipes, the different you know, variations, and all of the safety and quality control checks. You know, all those things, all that time, energy, and investment has all been made to really ensure that not only is the Champs program or Cooper's program, um, you know, a great success, but that Blue Taco is set up for a strong launch for 2018. Yeah, you know, we we had the opportunity to do just an in-depth dive on what we wanted here. I mean, we were really starting with a blank slate, um, but we ran through the same processes. Our, our processes, I'm a you know, when, when, when you work in quality, you have to you have to be a very procedural, you know, processes and procedures uh, type mentality to ensure that your testing day in, day out is accurate. You know, that, you know, I, I always say the numbers are the numbers. You know, we can spin things however we want, but our data is going to ultimately tell us what what the product is like. Um, so we ran through all those same processes with Blue Taco and, and we'll continue to do it as we as we roll it out and push it out. You know, we're listening to that. You know, market feedback, that consumer feedback. Absolutely. I, I do have a random question for you. Since it, um, how do you even go about budgeting how much auditing you're going to do throughout the year? <laughs> that's uh, that's tricky. Yeah. Um, it, like, look at the history of the previous year. Yeah. So like so really, what we do is I, I work with our purchasing manager on what we think our forecasts are. Um, so we uh, he does a really good job. John does a really good job of forecasting. Um, that not only tells us what we think we're going to bring in. Uh, but also gives our suppliers. Um, our suppliers constantly tell us we give them some of the the best feedback and and most information out of any other customers they deal with, um, and, and that's because we want to make sure that they know the exact same things we do. Um, so I work with with John on trying to determine what we think we're going to get in for, mm-hmm. for as of right now for 2018, yeah. um, and then we kind of take those numbers and start applying these metrics, these scores to okay, what is this product, um, and then that determines our percentage that we'll pull off. So it's a it's it's a it's a just like any budgeting process. Um, it's it's part feel, part numbers, part okay. Here's where we think we're going with this, but. You know, if, if we have a, a, a breakout year, um, you know, those numbers are probably going to be low. Yeah. So uh, it's it's a tough process, but um, we, we feel like we've got a pretty good handle on it. So Awesome. Well, Jeremy, we really appreciate you coming in here and talking to us about all the quality insurance stuff that you do. And uh, we'd love to continue this conversation. We have a lot more questions for you. So if you wouldn't mind, we'd love to have you come back next week. And if any of our listeners right now have any questions for us or for Jeremy, please feel free to email us at mdf at pfsbrands.com. But until then, we would definitely like to have you back next week. Absolutely. My for pleasure. Sure. Um, and anything else to add until next week? No? No, yeah. I'm going to save it for next week. I'm, I'm ready to talk. Oh, man. I was quiet this one. That's strange. I think I was. We'll we'll find out when when I listen to it. Okay, everybody. Until next week, we'll talk to you later. Stop by next week for another QSR Nation episode or visit pfsbrands.com.